Our theme today is the beauty of perseverance, the determination to keep going even though you face resistance. When you hang in there to achieve the goal which Jesus gives, God uses your endurance to change the world, and that's beautiful. Now, this morning marks the end of our message series, and it seems especially fitting that we finish like this. Perseverance is a theme that's always relevant, but especially now, because we are all so tired of waiting. The past nine months have been so taxing, and even though there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it's still pretty far down the tracks, so we have to keep waiting. And we've been waiting for a long time, and it's been hard, but God wants us to hang in there. Not to lose faith, but to be open to the good work that he has for us to do, even as we endure this hardship. When we do persevere, God does amazing things. And we'll see this in one story of perseverance in a bit. But first, I want to take some time to hear from a passage of Scripture that was addressed to a group of Christians who were in danger of giving up. At the very end of the New Testament, you'll find a book called Hebrews. It's more like a sermon than anything else, written by a preacher who wanted to encourage a group of Christians he knew well, friends who had been together in the past, but now they were separated and facing a real crisis. Folks had become discouraged, spiritually tired, not growing like they once had, and they were struggling to keep their nerve. The challenges had become too much. They were drifting off course, and it looked like some might even turn away from God. But this preacher knows that God still has something good for them to do, even though they're tired. The journey's not done. They need to hang in there and keep going. Even though you're tired, the journey's not done. You need to hang in there and keep going. Listen to how he instructs them. This is chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Everyone who comes to faith is given a race to run, a course marked out by his Creator a journey that is set before him by God, not chosen by the runner, but chosen for the runner by God himself. And this race lasts as long as life lasts, which is why you must choose to lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Runners don't get far if they try to run with excess weight. There are all kinds of burdens that we may want to drag along our journey, but God invites us to set them down, to let him manage the things that are his responsibility so we can keep running unhindered. And then to be in God's race, we've got to run according to God's rules, which is why we should set aside every sin, which is the departure from God's way running a different course than the one God has mapped out for you. In his race, you've got to choose to run in humility, with gentleness and kindness and generosity and faithfulness, with self-control and peace. We've got to run with joy and with love. Now, running like this in the world that we live in will be hard because the race is long 
And even when it's run well, we'll be tempted to give up, which is why the preacher reminds us that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The surrounding cloud was a favorite metaphor of ancient writers. It's meant to bring to mind the image of an athletic stadium filled with spectators. Picture an amphitheater. The stands are packed all the way up to the top with people cheering you on, rooting for you, surrounding you like a great cloud of encouragement. In this case, it's the faithful men and women of God who have completed their own races despite loads of resistance. They are there spiritually to encourage you for your race. The 11th chapter of Hebrews is one long litany of how faithful men and women of the past hung in there and kept at their God-given races. They didn't give up. God helped them. You don't have to give up either. God is right here to help you. Running will always be challenging, but you've got to remember that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Which is why the preacher says that you should run with perseverance. Pace yourself. Endure. Hold out. Be steadfast. Wait when you have to wait. Don't give up the race. When God lays a course out before you, you've got to set aside the wait. Run in the way that God wants you to. Remember the witnesses who have finished the race before you and then run with perseverance. Let's spend some time on one witness who was beautiful because she ran her race with perseverance. This is Fannie Lou Hamer. Born in Montgomery County, Mississippi in 1917. Slavery had ended 55 years earlier, but you wouldn't know it down in Ruleville where Fanny grew up. She started picking cotton when she was six, only in school four months out of the year, one of the smartest kids in her class. Fanny loved to read the Bible, especially the stories of God's liberation of his people. If God freed the slaves back then, why wouldn't he do that again? When she was 12, she went to work full-time. She ended up in a management position at the Marlowe Plantation. She worked there until 1962. In August of that year, Fanny was invited to a meeting at a local Baptist church organized by the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. At that meeting, a volunteer explained that black people have the constitutional right to vote just like white people. They could vote leaders out who didn't serve them well and vote leaders in who would. Now, Hamer was 44 years old, and she had never heard that folks who looked like her could participate in democracy like this. And 70% of the residents in her county who were black didn't know either. All of the elected officials were white, and that's how it had always been. And just like everyone else in Montgomery, Hamer thought that's how it always would be. But the volunteer explained the goal of this organization. To register black people to vote in upcoming elections so they could have a hand in deciding the makeup of their government. After the meeting, 
a group of 18 folks traveled down to Indianola, hoping to register. At the courthouse entrance, policemen were waiting and they only allowed two people to enter. Fannie Lou was one of them. The clerk who handled the application explained to Hamer that she would have to take a literacy test. No problem for her, only it turned out that the test wasn't really a literacy test. The clerk was allowed to ask the applicant any question he wanted as long as it related to the Mississippi Constitution. If the applicant couldn't answer, they couldn't be registered. Explain how de facto laws work. That was the test that the clerk gave to Fannie Lou Hamer. Here's what she said about it. I knew as much about de facto law as a horse knows about Christmas Day. Her application was rejected. As soon as she left his office, the clerk called Mr. Marlowe at the plantation. He was waiting for her when she got back. Withdraw your application or leave this plantation. Now, she had cared for his family, cooking their food, managing their finances, raising his children for 18 years. And she left that very night because she had a race to run, which God had given to her. The God who liberates the oppressed and sets the captives free had called her to vote and to encourage other black people who didn't know they could to vote. Because the only way the country which she loved would become what the founders had envisioned is for people of every race to participate in the selection of the officials who governed them. Only then could America achieve the goal of having a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. So she went back to the courthouse 30 days later. Another question about constitutional law that she couldn't answer, another rejection, another reason to quit running this race, but she told the registrar that he would see her every 30 days until she was successful. Listen to what she said about it. I guess if I'd had any sense, I'd have been a little scared, but what was the point of being scared? The only thing they could do was kill me, and it kind of seemed like they'd been trying to do that a little bit at a time since I could remember. Run the race that God sets before you with perseverance. On her third attempt, Hamer passed the test. She could vote. So then she turned her attention to the next leg of her race, which was to get others registered to vote, and that's when the resistance really increased. Everyone who comes to Jesus discovers that he has a race for her to run. Your race will be particular to you. God made you unique, and the course that he has for you will also be unique. To find it, you've got to learn to pay attention. Where are your strengths? What makes your heart wake up? What are the problems in the world that stir a sense of righteous discontent in you? Where has God put you? In Summit? West Hollywood? Ocean Township? Washington State? Where are your neighbors? Which people do you bump into day after day? All of these will be signposts pointing you to the race that God is setting before you. 
Whatever that race is, you're going to have to persevere because it will be long and you will get tired. Circumstances that you can't change will make you want to quit running. But if it's the race that God is giving you, you should keep going. Maybe your race is to work for change through politics, just like Fannie Lou Hamer. There are still injustices built into our systems, policies to be changed, new legislation that could bring greater equality and opportunity. Maybe your race is to effect change through elected office, to bring justice for the orphan and the widow and the oppressed. It will be challenging. Persevere. Hang in there. Expect resistance, but don't give up. Maybe you're an educator. Your race is to shape the world through the young people you work with as a teacher or administrator or consultant. You've had to change your approach because of this pandemic. It's not what you signed up for. It's a drag to work through the screen and you're losing heart, but persevere. The world needs the gift that you give as you shape young people. Teach geography and also kindness, history along with responsibility, mathematics mixed with generosity. The race you are running is hard to run these days. It's been a long uphill stretch, but the world needs you to keep at it. Persevere. Hang in there. If it's the race that God has given you, do not give up. Now here, here's where you need to be humble. If it's a race that you decided to run without God's hand tracing the path for you, then you should quit already. There's wisdom in knowing when to accept defeat. But if God has set this race before you, even the most challenging resistance can't stop you. Keep at it, persevere. Continue the race of being a faithful parent. Continue the race of being a trustworthy friend of loving the people in your circle that God has given you, of seeking to serve those in your household as a follower of Jesus who puts others first. This will be hard, but you can persevere. Let's come back to the guidance that we have in Hebrews. There's some practical advice offered. Listen to how this preacher tells us to run. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Here's how you will keep running without growing weary or losing heart. Look at Jesus while you run. Let your mind's eye see the way he ran, the race that God set before him, the way that he endured the challenges, disregarding the shame, and arrived victoriously at the right hand of God because he sought the joy of the race that God had set before him, which was to give himself on the cross for every other runner who would ever run. Look to Jesus, and then you can persevere. You know that where you look while you run makes all the difference. You will want to look behind you at all the failures back there with regret for that mess that you made. Don't look back. You will want to look at the other runners 
who are beside you, who seem to be better at racing than you are, and you'll want to compete with them. You'll want to impress them. Don't look at them. You'll want to look at the obstacles, the challenges, all of the reasons that you should give up, and there'll be lots of them. And the longer you run, the more that you'll see, but don't look at them either. Look at Jesus instead the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the one who has run and completed the race that God set before him, who shows us what it looks like to keep going and persevere, who not only finished his course, but perfected faith for each one of us when he did, the one who fulfilled all righteousness on our behalf, who joyfully shares the benefits of his victory, the one who is ready and available at every moment to empower us to run our course all the way to the end, the one who is always with us through the power of the Holy Spirit enabling us to go on running when we are completely spent. If you will look to him, then you don't need to give up on your race, no matter how challenging the resistance becomes. Even when, like Jesus, you suffer hostility because of sinners, even then look to Jesus and take heart for your race. Once word got out that Fannie Lou Hamer was working to help others register, the resistance became worse. The clerk who called Mr. Marlowe also phoned the local chapter of the KKK. They found out where she moved, and from that day forward, she couldn't go anywhere without pressure, intimidation, and the threat of real violence. They were relentless, but so was she, because this race had been given to her by God. On June 9th, 1963, Hamer and a group of activists were on their way back from Charleston. They'd just finished running a literacy workshop and they'd stopped in Winona, Mississippi at a local cafe, but the waitresses wouldn't serve them and so the police were called and the group was arrested. Hamer was put in a cell while she heard the officers confront one of her colleagues, June Johnson, in the booking room. She had failed to say sir when they questioned her, and so they began to beat her. Hamer reported hearing the girl, who was 15 years old, praying that God would have mercy on the men since they didn't know what they were doing as they were assaulting her. They carried her to an adjacent cell as the janitor went to clean up the blood. And then the warden came into Fanny's cell We're going to make you wish you were dead. He brought in two black inmates and ordered them to beat her using a blackjack while she laid on her bunk. You can listen to the accounts in various interviews. It is harrowing and heartbreaking to hear the cruelty that we human beings are capable of against one another. She almost died, permanently damaged physically, and psychologically, but not spiritually, she still wouldn't give up. After she was released, she got back to the race and helped co-found the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party with the goal of ensuring that there was a contingency in local government for all people that would not stand for any form of exploitation or discrimination. If you follow the race that God has for you, you should expect real resistance But you should not give up. 
The group traveled to the Democratic National Convention in Atlantic City in August of 1964. In front of the entire convention, Hamer testified as the official representative of the delegation from Mississippi. It's not hard to find footage of the event. She sits down at the microphone, composed and resolute, and then she begins, Mr. Chairman, and to the Credentials Committee, it was the 31st of August in 1962, but then suddenly, the news anchors get an emergency message. President Lyndon B. Johnson has decided to hold an impromptu news conference, so the cameras cut away from Hamer. Every network switches over to this emergency presidential address. Ladies and gentlemen, the president says, today we remember the ninth month anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Instead of hearing the testimony of Fannie Lou Hamer, the nation listens to the president insisting on the importance of commemorating the loss of Kennedy at this nine-month milestone. A poorly designed strategy to silence this cry for justice, all in hopes of maintaining the status quo. It backfired because that evening, all of the news networks decided to re-air Hamer's testimony before the convention, and everyone heard the truth about what was still happening down south, and everyone saw how petty the president had been. Every citizen should be free to take part in the process of electing leaders who will faithfully execute on their promises. Everyone. Fannie Lou Hamer fought for this right to be extended to all citizens. This was the race that God had given to her. And even though the world around her tried to resist, she persisted, looking to Jesus, who was her Lord, who strengthened her, who guided her, who empowered her, who sustained her, and who gave her the compass that she operated according to. Every one of you who hears my voice has a race to run. Come to God with an open heart and with open ears and with open eyes. Pay attention. Find that race and then run it with perseverance. When you do, God will bring beauty that this world needs through your perseverance. That you can count on. Now let's pray to the God who gives us our races, that he will open our eyes and empower us to run. God, we thank you so much that you have not only saved us for heaven, but that you have given us a course to run right now in this world which you love. Thank you for witnesses like Fannie Lou Hamer, who received your calling and then persevered with courage, empowered by your spirit. I ask now that every single one of us would be inspired by her to have eyes that are open to find the race that you have for us. God, this world needs people who are courageous like her. Help us become those kinds of people. Help our church become that kind of church which listens carefully and then accepts your challenge and then persists despite resistance. 
God, this has been a long and difficult season. Help us hang in and keep going in this marathon. Empower us through the witness of Jesus and enable us to run with perseverance, we pray, in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.